We're going to go into kingdom management. And I am not a manager, so I am not even trying to tell you rules of management. But I'm going to put close to your heart some principles that we can find in the Word of God that make us and prepare us to live our best life. Amen. So today we're going to talk about how to manage our frustration. How to manage frustration. And yesterday when I sent out the link, one of the cell group members said, oh, I really need that. And I believe a lot of us need it. Because frustration is something that we all have to face somewhere along the line. Come on. Have you been alive enough, long enough to know that frustration is just part of life? If you are not frustrated right now, maybe you were frustrated sometime this week. Or maybe you will be frustrated sometime this coming week. But we have to face frustration somewhere along the line. It is normal. So frustration is something that we have to deal with. I'll give you an example. Just this morning, I came up, I mean, I put my alarm, six o'clock, woke up, ready to go for my morning run. I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, all ready to go for my run, already it started raining. I was so disappointed. I made my way back to my bed, snuggled up in bed, and I said, ah, oh, I tried. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't really frustrated, okay? I was kind of excited that I could sleep for another hour. But the thing is, the more important whatever it is that you are expecting, and then reality falls short, you will be disappointed. Come on. Just imagine, Michalini had her wedding last weekend. She had an outdoor wedding. Imagine she is going with expectation. It's going to be nice weather. Everything is going to run smoothly. Then she gets there and it starts pouring rain. She would be disappointed, right? She would be frustrated. So the more important something is to us, and then reality falls short of that, what we expected, that is the area where frustration starts to kick in. So if we go into the dictionary and we look up what uh, frustration really means, you will find straight out that uh, frustration is the feeling of being upset because you are unable to achieve what you want or something did not measure up to your expectation. So if you are frustrated, it's because you tried something, you were hoping for something, and then reality doesn't go up to par with your expectation. So if we have up there also, if we have our expectation up here, and then we are hoping for something, we are expecting something good, but then reality falls short. Expectation up here, but reality falls short. The gap between reality and your expectation, that is the area of frustration. That's the gap of frustration. Now, if your expectation is all the way up here, and then reality falls way, way, way short, you will be more frustrated. So the bigger the gap between your expectation and reality, the greater your frustration. And like I said earlier, it also goes hand in hand. The more important it is to you, and then reality falls short of your expectation, the greater your frustration is going to be. 
Reality is, somewhere along the line, like I said, we have to deal with frustration. So I believe we can look into the Word of God and find some clues how we can deal with frustration. Because the reality is, it is not always easy to come out and to overcome frustration. It always seems like it's like a downward spiral where you get negative and all of a sudden more negative things are happening and you get more and more negative to the point that I don't even know, I am so frustrated. And if you are stressed for whatever reason, that becomes even a factor even more so. You become more frustrated. So we're going to look into a portion of scripture that is found in Exodus chapter 16. I'm not going to take time to read the entire chapter, but we are looking into Exodus chapter 16. And actually to understand it, we have to go even a bit before that and even a little bit after that. But basically what happened is the Israelites were in Egypt and they were slaves, right? I'm sure we are all quite familiar with this story. Then God sends Moses into Egypt to bring the people out. And miraculous signs and wonders happened. The plagues happened. Finally, the Israelites were allowed to leave slavery, to get out of Egypt. Now, scholars believe from them, from Egypt, to come to the promised land takes somewhere between 9 and 14 days, depending how fast they would have traveled. So now they're standing in front of the promised land, seeing the land that God promised them. They sent spies in. The spies come back. They said, yes, it is an awesome land. It really is flowing with milk and honey. But the enemy is very strong. The cities are fortified. There is no way that we can take the land. Because of that, they had to go now and wander around the desert for 40 years. Now imagine... Finally, they're leaving Egypt. Finally, they're free of slavery. The expectation, God said, I will give you a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance. The expectation was right up here. Then they get to the promised land and the land is that good, but there's opposition. But there is an enemy that is strong. There's even giants in the land. Their expectation was here, but reality in their eyes fell short because they said there's no way that we can take the land. Frustration started to set in. Because they were frustrated, they started to complain. They had no faith. They had to go and wander around the desert for 40 years. Now Exodus chapter 16 comes into place. Now they are wandering around in the desert for two and a half months since they left Egypt. Just at the beginning of their 40 years, they're wandering around in the desert and now they're coming to a place where they don't have enough food. So they start to complain, they start to murmur, they start to go against Aaron and Moses and they are willing and ready to go back to Egypt put themselves back into the hands of Pharaoh and become slaves again. Why? Because the expectation was here and then reality wandering around in the desert with not enough food is all the way down here. So the gap between expectation and reality was huge. And that's why their frustration was that big. 
And then they come to the point where they said in Exodus chapter 16, and that is my first point, Exodus 16, 2 and 3, in the desert the whole community crumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around with pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So now we can see that they were speaking out of their frustration. My very first point for today is, is that we have to acknowledge our frustration. You have to acknowledge your frustration. You have to come to a point where you are honest about the feelings that you are having. The feelings of frustration, the feelings of disappointment, the feeling of feeling, I don't know what will happen next. We have to be honest about that. Because reality is, at least for me, I grew up in a culture where it is you don't show your emotions. I still remember I went to America to Bible school. And after about a year, I came back to work. And so I went to see my grandpa and my grandma. My grandpa was still alive at the time. So I went up to my grandpa's house. I ring the bell and my grandpa opens up the door. And he comes out and he does like a good German man would do. He puts out his hand to shake my hand. Because that is how we greet each other in Germany. Grandpa or not, you shake hands. So I forgot for a minute that I am German. So when he put out his hand to shake my hand, I went in and I gave him a hug. And I could feel him. I mean, he is a, a, a big, strong man, old by that time, but still I could feel him tense up. He was stiff like a prick. And I was there and then I realized, oh my goodness, I am German. I am not supposed to hug my grandpa. But I said, you know what, never mind. So I hugged a little bit more. I squeezed a little bit tight until I felt him from being so stiff, finally relax a little bit. And then I let go. See, but I grew up in a culture where you don't show emotions. Not so much at least. And also, at that time at least, now it's changing a lot. At that time, you don't talk about your emotions. You don't talk about disappointments. You don't talk about frustration. You keep it on the hush and you just live your life to the best, but you keep quiet about those things. And maybe we are in the same boat because I believe Asian culture is in that aspect not so different, where it is still a stigma not to talk about these things. Ah, never mind, just keep quiet. Don't be negative. Just push it aside. Go on. Never mind. Just put it back. Just bury it deep, deep down. Problem is, the more you bury it, there is a way of sooner or later it will come up again. And we don't want it to explode, right? So we have to acknowledge our frustration. We have to be honest about the way that we feel. But now, here's the thing. There is a difference between acknowledging our frustration and speaking out of frustration. Because what the people of Israel did is they were speaking out of their frustration. Now I completely understand that they were completely devastated, disappointed and frustrated. I also would have been. You have seen the good land that God promised you, but now you're stuck in the desert for 40 years. 
just wandering around, not even being able to go in what God promised for you. So they were frustrated, but then they started to speak out of frustration. And then they started to talk nonsense. For instance, like, oh, we had pots of meat. We could eat all that we wanted. All life in Egypt was so good. No, you were a slave back then. The Pharaoh and all the people were working you hard. It was not a good life, but for some reason, the memory was better than reality was. But they had to become to a point where they are honest with their frustration. So we have to become honest with our frustration. Now look at this, Psalm 51 verse six, New King James Version. It says, behold, you desire truth in the inward part and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. This is basically David talking to God and he's saying, God, you desire truth on the inward most being. God, you are not interested in just the right words that I speak. You are interested in what is going on inside of me. God wants us to be honest with him. So we can come to God and pray honest prayer. God, I don't know if I can hold on to this anymore. God, I don't know if I can go on just another day anymore. We can be honest with God. So talk to God in honesty, but don't speak out of frustration. Speak your heart, but come to God with an honest attitude. Now reality is, all of us, we have to deal with frustration, right? Maybe you're here and you're a little bit younger and you feel frustrated about school. Maybe you think your, uh, your workload, homework is too much, or you feel the academic pressure is really getting to you. Maybe you feel nobody really understands me. Or maybe you're disappointed because you tried so hard to do well on a test and then your expectation was, I'm gonna ace it. I'm gonna get full marks. And then you come back with a C. Expectation, reality. We have to deal, when you're young, you have to deal with frustration. Or maybe you have frustration at your working place. You have difficulties getting your contract renewed. Maybe you are, uh, you are insecure if you're gonna have a job next year. Maybe you come to a place where you're struggling to find balance between work and family. All that one can really lead to frustration. Maybe financial challenges, credit card debt, housing is so expensive nowadays, job stability, low wages, the pressure of managing your expenses and still pursuing your goals can cause frustration. What about a relationship? communication challenges or unmet expectations. That is exactly what we're talking about, right? You had expectations of your husband, your husband falls short, frustration. Now don't look at me, huh? <laughs> I don't wanna get you in trouble here. But personal development, maybe self-doubt. Maybe you have difficulty finding your purpose in life. That can all cause frustration in our life. But the thing is, we have to become honest of how we feel. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a cell group and we went to cell group and one of the cell members uh, was challenged to give a testimony. And then she said, you know what? I don't know if it's good news or not. Long story short, I'm gonna summarize it very quickly. She said the boss put her into a new position 
The new position is a lot of new responsibilities, new things that she doesn't know how to do right now, new responsibilities way beyond what she had ever been in charge of before. And you might say, oh, that's a very good one. And it is, but the higher responsibility, more stress, more workload, all comes without any increment. Ah, not so good anymore, right? But here's the thing. She became very clear about her frustration. And then I was so touched because then Arvin started to share some wisdom and encouraged her. Then uh, Arul also shared some experience, encouraged her. Then Shirley shared something from her life, encouraged her. And there was just an, an atmosphere where everybody chipped in and encouraged her. And at the end of the day, she said she feels so much better. Amen? Once she became honest about her frustration, people could encourage her. And if you don't have a group like that, maybe it's about time that you find a group where you can be honest, where you can share your frustration, where others will encourage you and you are lifted up in your spirit and you say, okay, you know what? I think I'm okay now. I think I can go on. Amen? So we have to become honest with our frustration. And we have to go to God and become honest before God about our frustration as well. Because the first thing, once we acknowledge, God can step in and do something. So we have to become honest and acknowledge our frustration. Number two, we have to listen up. Now when I say listen up, I'm saying listen up, upwards. What is God saying about the situation that you're going through? What is God saying? Because we are very aware of what our feelings are telling us. Come on. We are very aware of how we are feeling in that situation. Our thoughts, our emotion, we know very well. But what is God saying about the situation that you're in? If you feel, I'm so frustrated, I don't know how I can go on. What does the Bible say? Isaiah 40 verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Amen? He gives strength to the weary and gives power to those who are weak. Amen? So if you feel, I am not sure if I can go on anymore. I'm so frustrated this morning. I'm so stressed out because of work, because of family, because of my obligations, because of financial situations. I am so stressed. I am so frustrated. Know that God can give you strength. Know that God can lift up your heart. Amen. Psalm 28 verse 7. Psalm 28 verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. And then it even goes on. My heart leaps for joy. And the song, and with my song, I praise him. My heart leaps with joy. Why? Because he is my strength and he is my shield. He is my strength. He is my shield. My heart can leap for joy. And that is exactly what we need. If we are frustrated, if we are disappointed, what do we need? We need joy. We need God in our life. We need to listen to what God is saying about our life. So even if we feel not ready 
not ready to overcome what you are going through, listen to the word of God, listen up and believe what he is saying over your life. That he wants to be involved in your life. That he wants to become your strength so that you can overcome what you are going through. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. My, my grace is sufficient for you. That is God speaking over our life. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. So there's no shame in admitting to God, I'm at the end of my rope. I had expectation. Reality fell short. I'm so frustrated right now. I'm so disappointed. I am at the end. I don't know what else I can do at this moment. And then God can come in. He can become your strength. He can be your shield. He can be the source of your joy. So that even if the circumstances don't change right away, that you can find joy in him, strength in him, peace in him, so that you can go on just another day and another day. So take it day by day. But find joy, find strength in what God is speaking over your life. And those are good things. That God has a plan and a purpose for you. That he wants to give you a hope and a future. So we have to listen up to what God is saying. Number three, we have to be willing to change our perspective. So we have to acknowledge our frustration. We have to become honest with our frustration. Then we have to listen up to what God is saying about the situation, about us. And then we have to be willing to change our perspective. Come on. We have to be willing to change our perspective. Exodus 16 verse 15. When the Israelites saw it, now we're talking about manna, they said to each other, what is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Now here, this is amazing. We talked about expectation and reality. They went out of Egypt, expectation, the promised land. Then they saw reality. Oh, we have to fight war. We have to fight the enemy. So they were disappointed. Because of that, they were frustrated. Because of that, they had no faith. They had to wander around the desert. Now they were walking around the desert for two and a half months. Not enough food. They're going to Moses and said, we are starving. We should have just stayed in Egypt. Moses goes to God. God says very clearly, tomorrow you will eat bread. Hallelujah for all the cup lovers out there. Like myself. Tomorrow you will eat bread. No keto, no. Bread. You're going to eat bread in the morning. And the people are excited. Oh, we're going to get bread. The next morning they come out and they see something on the ground. Now see, very often, I have some pictures up there. Very often when I was growing up, I imagined manna like in the picture. Like big balls of white stuff falling from heaven. And they just went out collecting all the big stuff and with that one they could make bread. Where in reality when you go into Ex Exodus 16, it says that manna was like a coriander seed. I have a picture of a coriander seed. 
That is a coriander seed. There's a lot of them. Expectation, big, fluffy, white stuff that you can make into bread. Coriander seed is what really came down. Something like this. So reality looked more like this. The next picture. That is what reality really looked like. Something fine, white, like flakes, but the size of a coriander seed just covering the floor. And they had to go out and start to collect enough for each and every one of them to eat for one day. The Bible says you have to collect about a one and a half kilo per person of the small little things. Can you imagine being on, on the floor picking up small little seeds like that? The expectation, tomorrow you're going to eat bread. Hallelujah! Tomorrow, Food Panda is coming, delivering nice food. But then reality is, small seeds, white color, flaky stuff on the floor that they had to pick up. See, God gave a promise. And God fulfilled the promise, but he fulfilled it very different than what they expected. Come on. Very often we have a promise of God on our life. We take the promises from the Bible. God, you will provide. And we have that expectation. And God stands true to that promise. But the fulfillment of the promise is different than what we expected. Expectation of the promise, reality. All of a sudden, even though God is fulfilling his promise, there can still be frustration. Because we are not receiving the fulfillment the way that we expect it. So we have to be willing to change our perspective. Instead of expecting a full loaf of bread, maybe God is giving us seed that we can take and we can grind into flour and then we can make bread out of it. We have to be willing to look at something that is small and see with God's help, he can make it big. Something that looks unassuming right now. Maybe that is the fulfillment that God has given you, but we have to work with it in order to see the real fulfillment come into place. So don't get stuck in your frustration. Be willing to change your perspective. Maybe you look at your job right now and you feel stuck. See the potential that is in the opportunity. Maybe it seems small right now, but if you are faithful and you steward it right, God can really do something great out of it. So don't look down on the job that you have. Don't look down on your children's school results. This is for me, ouch. Don't look down on your children's school results. Be faithful. Help them. Try to put everything in there that they can come through it. Because in the small things, maybe God can use it and bring something great and good out of it. Don't look down on how your marriage looks like right now. Because God can do miraculous things. Don't look down on the little bit of saving that you have in your bank account right now. Ah, so, so little. If anything goes wrong, all the savings gone already. Don't look down on it because God can do something great. Don't look down on your current ability because there's so much more in you that God can bring out if you work with him. 
Amen? So be willing to change your perspective. I'm going to finish with this one. I remember years ago, I came to Malaysia for the very first time. I met Pastor David in the States. He gave his blessing for me to go out with Joanna. So after, I'm not sure how long it was, I came to visit and meet the rest of the family. So that was before I came to Malaysia. I just came to visit. So we came to visit and Uncle Ricky and the family took us out for a nice meal. Somewhere in KL, I know they had a buffet. Inside they had a, a buffet food and outside they had a buffet seafood. So I was going with my plate, going around looking for food and uh, Uncle Ricky was following me and then we came to the seafood buffet. And he said, oh, those are raw oysters, very nice. You should eat some. I said, mm, no, thank you. I'm not a big seafood kind of guy. Then Pastor David comes along. So, oh, raw oyster, very nice. Stephanie, you should eat some. I said, oh, yes, sir. okay, I take one. <laughs> Had to impress the future father-in-law, right? So I take one oyster. He said, oh, no, no, they're so nice. You should take two. I said, okay, take two. So I'm now on my plate with two raw oysters. We are going back to our plate. I sit down, family around the table, and I'm taking the raw oyster and I say, how is it? I had to swallow like four times before I finally got the thing down. But I did it. Even the second one. Okay, this is not where the story ends. The next day, we went with the youth for a mission trip to Orang Asli. Left early in the morning, six o'clock, on the way already. At a tapa rest stop, I could feel my tummy already. My, my tummy did not respond well to the raw seafood that I never ate before. So my tummy pain, oh, but that changed my perspective of toilets. Something that I always took for granted. All of a sudden, no toilet anywhere near is like, oh my goodness, changes your perspective. Now, every time I see a toilet, hey, do I have to go? No, never mind, I still go. Because I never know when is the next time I can get a toilet. So go straight away and have the toilet. The thing is, it changed my perspective. Something that was so ordinary, took for granted, all of a sudden became something, wow. Something that is needed, something that is appreciated. We have to be willing, not to eat whatever, but we have to be willing to change our perspective. Because the provision is there. Come on. God promised us he will provide. But what if the provision comes in a different form, in a different way than what we expected? We have to be willing to change our perspective and work with what we have to see God really do something in our life. Amen. So I know as the praise team comes this morning, Many of us are going through difficult situations, through times where we are frustrated, we are disappointed. Things are not going the way that we wanted them to go. I want you to know that God wants to step in, that God wants to be your strength, that he wants to be your shield, that he wants to give you joy so that you can overcome the frustration that you might feel in your life. As we rise this morning and respond to God, the altar is open.